Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today we have some more Fortnite fun for you. If you haven't been following this story already, Epic Games has basically threatened to sue the entire video game ecosystem for various reasons. But for right now, they are threatening Google and Apple. They started this war a couple of days back by offering discounts on their in-game premium currency in Fortnite called the V-Buck and displaying that discounted price next to the price that they would charge if you decided to follow the Apple and Google terms and conditions and actually use their payment dollars in app. Now, Google and Apple were not happy with that particular move, as you would expect, and so they kicked Fortnite off the store. But Epic then sprang their trap because they anticipated that that's exactly what Apple and Google would do, and they had federal lawsuits, antitrust lawsuits, ready to file against both companies, which we covered in a series of rather long videos these past couple of days. Now, that's your background. If that isn't enough for you, we absolutely have a playlist for you called Epic versus Everyone, the Fortnite antitrust lawsuits. Highly recommend checking it out. I think there's already two and a half, maybe three hours of material in there. But what I want to talk to you all about today is what I view as a rather unethical set of circumstances that Epic has really foisted upon the internet against Apple, against Google, and certainly could use for any purpose that they would deign to do so in the future. And that's the hashtag free Fortnite and how they have marketed this series of lawsuits and very, very nuanced legal claims against Apple and Google. You can tell we already have, like I said, almost three hours of material on these particular topics. There's a lot of nuance here. Reasonable minds can differ. We never argue with that in this space. Obviously, if you have watched those videos, you know I have significant problems with both sets of lawsuits, especially in actually determining monopolistic damages from the two stores. But even if you disagree with that, the marketing here, the use and the leverage of what amounts to a hashtag or Twitter outrage mob is something that everybody should be concerned about. Everyone should be concerned about billion dollar corporations just deciding that their particular political or legal bugaboo can be leveraged by just putting a hashtag out there, placing videos in their game and essentially getting their user base to make legal arguments online that are not as nuanced as they need to be to actually discuss this particular topic. Now, if you haven't read this lawsuit, if you haven't watched the videos in Virtual Legality, I'm just going to give the briefest of primers as to how this one begins. This is the lawsuit against Apple. And Epic went through and essentially compared Apple to George Orwell's big brother in 1984. And they did this for a specific reason. It was, and if this is before you were born, I apologize, because Steve Jobs and Apple sold the initial Macintosh personal computer with a very evocative, always in the top 25 advertisements of all times list, commercial that sold the Macintosh against IBM's personal computing group, which they thought of as a monopoly at the time, by essentially establishing that they were going to be the resistance to this big blue, this IBM big brother analogy. And so what Fortnite and Epic wound up putting out there was this concept that they are now 
the resistance. They're, you know, multiple billions of dollars and bigger than Apple was at the time, but they are the resistance to this big tech conglomerate specifically of Apple. And so you need to decide with them. In the video that we did on this lawsuit, we pointed out the difficulties there that they are seeking essentially the government to enforce something against Apple when Apple was selling a product to break into a market. But be that as it may, the issue is not the analogy as much as it is what they chose to do with it. Here we've got a Screen Rant article that says Fortnite mocks Apple's App Store during in-game event. After being banned from the iOS App Store, Fortnite hosted an in-game event mocking Apple's iconic 1984 commercial and starting a movement. After Epic Games circumvented, which is the right word, by the way, Apple's 30% cut of in-app purchases by implementing a new payment method called Epic Direct, Fortnite was removed from Apple's iOS App Store. Epic Direct was Epic's attempt to save players money at no additional benefit to Epic Games, but Apple claimed it was a TOS violation despite Apple's App Store policies. That's a heck of a sentence, right? And I don't recommend using Screen Rant as your primary source for basically anything, but this is the kind of thing that gets out there. This is why Epic writes those paragraphs the way they do. That's why they have the press release that they do. A lot of people come into my comments and say, Rick, why is that lawsuit written that way if you have so many problems with it? It isn't for me. It's for you, and it's for folks like Screen Rant that will put it in a sentence, Epic Direct was Epic's attempt to save players money at no additional benefit to Epic Games without looking at the intentionality of what they were doing at all. That's what Epic says it was for, and so thus it was, as reported here. And then to actually say Apple claimed it was a TOS violation, this isn't the trickiest thing in the world. Even Epic doesn't say that it's not a terms of service violation. They say that those terms of service are anti-competitive and illegal, but they would acknowledge if you ask them that they were deliberately violating the TOS to result in this particular point in time. Now, Screen Rant continues by actually explaining what happened here, which is why I brought up this article. Epic Games organized an in-game event in Fortnite to rally the troops against Apple. Interesting phrasing there. The event featured a parody of Apple's legendary 1984 Super Bowl commercial that debuted on Fortnite's big screen. A wall of text rose at the end of the video stating, Epic Games has defied the App Store monopoly. In retaliation, Apple is blocking Fortnite from a billion devices. Join the fight to stop 2020 from becoming 1984. Now, this is so facile and superficial as to almost be demeaning, but I am not a 12-year-old in Fortnite. And so when you have this language and you put it in your game and you share it with folks, this is a call to action. This is a political statement. The words here are very specific. They have defied the App Store monopoly. Raw assertion, yes, Apple has a monopoly in its own app store. We've talked about that, and we've talked about the issues with setting definitionals around what the monopoly market is to be. They have defied it by breaching a contract that they agreed to. In retaliation to that contract breach, Apple is blocking Fortnite from a billion devices. They kicked the app off the store because they have rules about the apps on their store that everybody else abides by and that Epic has decided to fight. And so by framing it in this particular way, it's for a specific reason, and it is to rally their video game players against the evil monolithic big tech giant. And I love gamers. I've loved games for my entire life. But if we know anything about 
how this all works now in the year 2020, it's that if you put something like this in front of gamers, if you put something like this in front of a lot of groups, especially political groups, then you are going to be able to wield a certain amount of public publicity and leverage, regardless of the accuracy or superficialness of the statement that you are making. And so I think it's important to talk about this, not just from a kind of corporate governance and ethics perspective. I'm a corporate lawyer. You know that if you've been in virtual legality before. And oftentimes I say the corporations have the right and the ability to go and leverage the resources at their disposal. I'm not saying this is illegal. I don't think it is illegal. Freedom of speech, all that good stuff. It is unethical, right? If we actually go and look at who plays Fortnite, they've got mostly kids playing this thing. Now, this is just a chart of what we can actually survey. This is as of April 2018, so a couple of years back, which is a lifetime in kind of games as a service land, but Fortnite has continued strong. And you'll also notice that the very end of this particular chart is 18-year-olds because it's enormously difficult to survey people under that age. And if you get under 13, of course, we've got COPPA issues and data collection issues in and of themselves. But it is very likely that the bulk of this chart is actually completely to the left of what you can see. And Epic knows that. Epic knows that they are leveraging kids against their corporate enemies on what I personally think is a relatively specious legal claim designed to get Epic more money and potentially destroy the entire video game market were they to succeed on the theory of their case. But even if you disagree with me, it still isn't right to go and leverage the kids that play your cartoon video game in a major antitrust litigation. It's unethical. And they don't understand exactly what the nuances should be unless they're watching virtual legality. And if you are a Fortnite kid and watching virtual legality, thank you for being here. There are other ways to handle these kinds of things, right? You can act like an adult. Microsoft wasn't happy when Apple kicked off xCloud uh, only a couple of days ago. And they released a statement that said, Apple stands alone as the only general purpose platform to deny consumers from cloud gaming and game subscription services like Xbox Game Pass, and it consistently treats gaming apps differently, applying more lenient rules to non-gaming apps even when they include interactive content. Microsoft came out and said, this isn't fair. We're going to release a public statement. We are going to talk through the normal channels and say, this isn't something that you should support if you are a consumer of Apple's. But we aren't going to go into the Microsoft Xbox Game Store or add something to Sea of Thieves, have a new flag on the pirate ships in Sea of Thieves that says down with Apple, at least not yet, God forbid, that'll be a video if it happens. They didn't do that. They didn't try to leverage their player base against something that is very nuanced and very complicated. Game Industry Biz actually had an excellent article on this. I believe it's from Rebecca Valentine. And she said, Epic's 1980 Fortnite video is an irresponsible piece of corporate propaganda. I think that might be a little strong, but it is exactly what we're talking about here, right? She writes, the weirdness of Apple's original ad was mercifully limited by its very clear nature as an ad. It debuted on TV with the clear goal of selling people personal computers. But Epic's version, despite its clear goals to paint the company in a messianic light, is more sinister. Rather than a product ad, it's a political one. And rather than being broadcast generally to the public, Epic's targeting a pretty specific demographic, gamers, specifically young gamers that are playing their game. Epic knows well that its video plays to an audience that doesn't understand the nuance and complexity of the battle it's about to fight 
and frankly has no reason to. This video and this article is not a slam on Fortnite gamers or anyone else that isn't interested in diving into the intricacies of a 60 and 120 page collective antitrust legal action. Frankly, you shouldn't have to. Hopefully we help cut through some of that in this video series and on virtual legality generally. You shouldn't have to. And certainly if you aren't even age of majority and are otherwise getting ready for the next school year, you definitely shouldn't have to. But then while you're playing Fortnite, videos just start appearing in which Epic, the makers of your favorite video game, say that Apple is evil and they have defied the evil Apple monopoly and that Apple retaliated against them for their defiance and use all of this Star Wars-esque language. It's unethical. And I really do think that Game Industry Biz has a good take on this. You can check out this article. They go perhaps a little bit too far regarding Epic and Tencent and some other things. But I think this is a good take. People are skipping this. And it doesn't mean that Epic is wrong in their lawsuit. I think they are. You don't have to think that they are. It does mean that just because they might have a case in their lawsuit, according to you, that this is the right action to take. This is not what we should want to see. And if we encourage it, we will see this kind of thing more and more often. One also wonders exactly what Sony thinks about all of this. Only about a month ago, Sony invested a quarter of a billion dollars in Epic in order to get a tiny, tiny stake of that company. And as we have talked about as part of this series, the actual theory of Epic's case here would cause major, major problems for every single walled garden in the world, but most specifically walled gardens that are attached to specific hardware, like the PlayStation 5. And to be frank, for $250 million, Epic could wind up spending that in legal fees for these cases, as well as lost revenue for what they aren't going to be making on mobile while these cases are pending. You do really wonder whether Epic acting in such a childish and facile and superficial way in order to gender these outrage mobs and get them created and started up is something that Sony now looks at and says, wow, that's not exactly what I would like to invest my money in. It's an interesting gambit from Epic, but it is one that starts to look like, well, the next time you go to raise money, or if you have any trouble at all, or if a hashtag mob is a raid against you, who will come and save you? Because you have decided to use this weapon as a cudgel for your corporate and legal enemies. And yeah, you already have Sony's $250 million, but I wouldn't want to be taking the calls from Sony's investor relations department saying, what the heck are you doing, Epic? Bare minimum, be a little bit more like Microsoft, Sony might tell them, ironically, and not like what you are doing and causing all of this trouble for everyone. To say in another way, imagine, if you will, that Disney was the one responsible for this. Disney's been in all sorts of trouble over the course of this past year with respect to coronavirus and things that have, they've been handling. In particular, in Walt Disney World, they've been having a problem with the fact that the Actors' Equity Union, who provides them their uh, performers in the shows that they put forth in Walt Disney World, don't want to, or didn't want to until very recently, work for Walt Disney World because they were unhappy with their health and safety protocols, their testing protocols for coronavirus. You can see here the Orlando Sentinel reported it as Actors' Union digs in with video, promises help as Disney talks sour. And then Disney went forward and put together a show that I can't show you because the screen died, that was essentially actorless. Now imagine that Disney decided to say, we're gonna break the Actors' Equity Union by putting messages in Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, in which Mickey Mouse and Goofy and Donald and Minnie 
have sections in their videos that tell the kids, hey, go tell your parents that Actors' Equity is keeping the magic from Walt Disney World, that this particular group is keeping you from being as magical as you want, that Mickey can't appear, and that Minnie and Goofy and Donald have to take a break until this whole thing is settled. Free Mickey. It's exactly the same kind of thing. And Mickey Mouse Clubhouse is a little bit hyperbolic, hyperbolic. <laughs> because this is aimed at a little bit younger audience than even Fortnite. But even being that as it may, it's the same kind of concept. And Fortnite is ignoring a very nuanced question, a question that takes hours and hours and hours to even kind of give an overview on. And that, yes, reasonable minds can differ on. Polygon did an article on this particular topic that said, hey, experts weigh in, can Epic Games actually take on Apple and Google? And to the surprise of probably no one, two antitrust lawyers and the head of an antitrust think tank designed around monopoly research said, yeah, this antitrust action is good. No, I was not asked to be a part of this article, although I would happily give quotes to Polygon if they were to ask me. Which leads us all to this, right? Reasonable minds can differ, but you aren't giving the full argument and you aren't allowing these kids to get the full argument. You are just wielding them as a hammer. And it's something that we should all be against, not just because of free Fortnite, where maybe you think Epic has the right of it and Polygon's experts have convinced you or you otherwise just have gone through the lawsuit and think it's a good one. More power to you. You don't have to agree with me in this space. That's not an issue. But you should still be against this kind of propaganda because even if you agree with where it's directed right now, the next time, the next time Epic Games or Microsoft or Disney or Sony or anyone else decides to use this as a weapon, you might not agree with what they decide to use it for. And I don't want to live in a world where trial isn't by law, but is instead by hashtag mom. This has been Virtual Legality for today. I hope you enjoyed this video. I hope it was illuminating and educational and all those good things, but also I hope it was fun. This is obviously a very big deal in the world of video games. I really do think that the Epic lawsuits, the theory of their case, have the risk of really harming, especially walled garden consoles, but just in general, video gaming on the whole. And so I do recommend if you are interested in that industry that you check out our videos, that you check out articles on this. If you find other articles out there, link them in the comments to my videos. I'm always checking out research topics on these kinds of things. Otherwise, if you like this, like, subscribe, share, ring bells, tell people that we are here, tell people that we are having these conversations in this space. I love talking to new people about all of these things. If you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.